0: Weiss hefted the tray of food further up her arms, trying to balance the various plates of fruit and bread without spilling any of it. Why it was herself who had been relegated to carrying it, she didn't know. But it had been her idea and she didn't trust anyone else with her partner's food. It didn't help that Ruby was bouncing around her. (laughs) He cares, he cares. The little girl sang, as she had been for the past few days. Yang watched over it with the patience only someone who was used to it could. Will you be quiet? Weiss stomped one foot as the hooded girl brushed close by, nearly upsetting the food. We've put up with your infernal cheering for two days now. But he does care. Ruby didn't even seem affected by Weiss's words, smiling fit to rival the morning sun as she twirled on by, nearly clotheslining an unfortunate student who had dared try and walk by. Weiss grumbled and tried to ignore it, it would have been easier if the girl hadn't been quite smug about it, as though to point out that she had been right all along and thus now had the right to rub it in their noses. I suppose you're right, Pyrrhus said, expression calm, almost indulgent, even. How she could put up with Ruby's constant enthusiasm, Weiss had no idea. The girl must have the patience of a saint. And I'm still not sure whether I got the better deal on the exchange, Weiss sighed. Jean was… well… what wasn't he? He was annoying, sarcastic, caustic, a philanderer, lazy and not to mention willfully incompetent. He was also insane, apparently, if his recent actions were to be believed. The damage he'd done to the docks, even if the headmaster had laid the blame firmly on Torchwick and the White Fang, the cost alone must have been tremendous, frankly. Her partner was a madman. But he saved Blake. The girl in question walked closely beside her, head held high and wearing the same curious smile she had since that day. In some way, Weiss felt she walked a little closer to the team, as though she were more included somehow. It was a good feeling. A feeling of being whole. The team was finally coming together. It was finally working. That still likely made them the slowest team to bond in history. But at the same time, she couldn't bring herself to care. All that mattered was that in the end, Team JBWY, named still subject to change, could finally become the cohesive unit they were supposed to be, and against all odds, it was because of him. Then again, their early difficulties were also because of him too, but at least he finished the problems he started. Are you sure he's going to be released today? Ren asked Yang. Matching his pace to hers. It seems odd that he would be released immediately after waking up. That's what the messenger said. It said he woke up last night after we visited, so I guess they've done their tests on him through the night. Maybe they've got enough information already, so they're releasing him. Maybe they're releasing him early because he's annoying them too much. Weiss whispered. <laughs> That's definitely a possibility, too. It'll be good to have him back, lazy bastard that he is. The room's kind of empty now. Yang said and Weiss agreed, though she wouldn't admit it. It seemed foolish to say that already cramped room had somehow become lonely. What with three girls occupying a room the size of one of her old in-suites. But it was undeniable. Jean's bed was next to hers. Meaning that with him absent, the empty bed cut Weiss off from everyone else in the room. Leaving her alone in the corner. It hadn't felt right. That was the only way she could put it. He <laughs> well I hope he's hungry. Ruby grinned as they approached the medway. The small girl pushed ahead, swinging the door wide with total disregard for anyone who might have stood on the other side. Hi Jean. Ruby's eyes widened. Plates shattered on the floor, spilling milk and cereal everywhere. Yang tried to place a hand over Ruby's eyes, only to find that Pira had already done so green eyes wide as she held a hand over the upper half of Ruby's face. Blake sighed. Dora giggled and Wren buried his face in his hands. Weiss, for her part, felt her teeth grind together. Well? The brown-haired woman coughed, tail swishing back and forth behind her. Now that we have conducted your physical... Thoral physical exam, Yang drawled. Watching as the Fox Faunus climbed off the bed, buttoning her shirt back up and hiding her round breasts from view. Weiss didn't miss how Jean pulled the covers up to hide his… well… the point of their joint. Weiss closed her eyes, taking deep breaths as she turned to burn the image from her mind. Mr. Ark's injuries were extensive, the woman said, doing up the last few buttons, adjusting her skirt and brushing some sweat from her brow. Her skin was flushed, brown eyes still hazy with something Weiss really didn't need to see. A full test of his physical capabilities is important, Miss nee. You're still claiming that? Weiss asked. It would not do to send him out into potentially dangerous situations if he is not healthy. My pride and professionalism as a doctor would not allow me to. The woman's eyes narrowed as though daring any of them to contradict that statement. Why should? It was unprofessional, immoral, and also quite frankly indecent. But it was also Jean-Arc, which meant those things went without saying. (sighs) It's safe to open your eyes, Ruby. Why said instead? The exam has come to a close. For now? Kitsune's tail flicked left and right. Not at all put off by the red face, the 15-year-old girl, whose expression said that even with Pierre's quick response, she had seen far too much. At least Jean had managed to shut her up, even if his methods needed work. It may be necessary to arrange some appointments later on, just to monitor your progress. A teacher was not propositioning her partner, she was just being thorough. Weiss wondered whether she could convince herself to believe that, and if it would make dealing with the knowledge easier. (laughs) Haha. Hi, Jeanne. Ruby's voice was much quieter than it had been before, her cheeks still bright red, hands fidgeting. its good to see you're awake. (sighs) Hello, Ruby. He sighed, one hand coming over his eyes the other frantically working beneath the covers to zip up his trousers. At least Weiss hoped that was what he was doing for his sake. Uh, I, am um, I didn't expect you guys so soon. Clearly so. Weiss glared. <laughs> we heard you woke up. Yang giggled and shook her long mane, as though the action could shake off the memory of what she'd just witnessed. We figured we'd come by and see how you'd been doing. Weiss even brought you some food to help you recover. You did? Jean perked up, eyes wide. Wise huffed. Eat it off the floor. She turned aside, arms crossed. More fool her for thinking to do such a kind thing for her partner. If he wished to act like a dog in heat, then he could eat on the floor on all fours like one. Uh-oh. Looks like daddy's in the doghouse. To Weiss's frustration, Pira, Blake, and Nora chuckled at that. The last thing she needed was for Yang's jokes about their team's roles to spread. Forget about that. And let us forget about this physical of his as well. That's the spirit. The doctor smiled. Weiss's eye twitched. We heard our teammate would be free to leave today. Is that still the case? It is. The woman's brown ears dipped a little but he will still need to take it easy. The injuries he suffered were not insignificant. Weiss's expression hardened, the early embarrassment fading away as she looked towards her partner and leader. He rubbed the back of his head with one hand, laughing nervously as though nothing were wrong. He was naked from the waist up too, with his lower abdomen bandaged up. It was impossible not to notice the discoloration on his skin, especially around his left shoulder. Tell us. It was not a request. Hey, hey. Jean waved one arm. Isn't my medical record private? You can't just tell everyone. Your medical history is private. The fondest woman nodded. But injuries sustained in the field of duty are not. It's important that your team be aware so they can adapt or cater to any specific needs. Mm, but I don't have any specific needs. He argued. Weiss felt her frustration swell, and it seemed she was not the only one who agreed. Yang's eyes flashed red, and even Blake's posture seemed to stiffen. There's no need to... Jean. To Weiss's surprise, it was Yang who spoke, and more shocking was the tone of her voice. Firm, clipped, almost cold. It didn't sound like the fiery girl at all. Shut up. We're listening, Doctor. The older woman nodded, picking up a clipboard with one hand. Jean seemed to relent, falling back into the stacked pillows with a sigh. Mr. Ark's injuries are numerous and varied. From the report I received about what transpired, it seems that most of those were received from exposure to extreme heat, concussive force, and impact with various objects. His aura has already stepped in to both minimize and start repairing the damage, and along with my own treatment, he has been recovering well particularly while unconscious. In terms of specific damage, we were looking at a dislocated shoulder, dislocated elbow, four broken ribs, two fractured, extensive apparitions to the upper and lower back, presumably from contact with hard granite, There were burned across a good 50% of his body, though those are healing well and should not leave any scarring. But eternal bruising from the blast was extensive, muscle damage is fairly easy to deal with, though. I would imagine every muscle in his body is badly stressed to some degree. Weiss's eyes were wide, and she was hardly alone in that. Blake seemed to be shaken slightly, while Yang's hands were clenched into fists. Ruby was leaning on Pyrrha for support, who had an arm around her shoulders in return. Auren and Nora? the only sign was how silent they were, and how sharp Nora's eyes had become. Other complications and damage ranges from lacerations where weapons struck, to eternal complications caused by the dust explosions. I would expect him to be dizzy still for a day or two, while his breathing will remain difficult until his windpipe fully recovers. His breathing? Why snap, taking a step forward as she looked more closely at him. It was hard to see, least of all because of the bandages, but more because he made no sign of it. But his chest rose a little quicker than it would have normally, and there was a faint rasp to his breath. Hortwick tried to strangle him. Blake whispered, though in the silence she might as well have screamed it. He held Jean down and tried to cross his windpipe with his own weapon. I Aye. She didn't finish, and instead she looked away. That shouldn't leave any complications. Kitsune said. Though the intense heat likely damaged the lining of his lungs somewhat, particularly of the explosions happening so close. Beneath him... Before I should remember Blake's story, Jean had literally ignited the dust that he was being strangled in, in a move that could have killed him. Whilst nails bit into her palm, her entire arm shook. Oh, Jean, Ruby whispered, Eh, it's fine. He rolled his eyes and laughed. I can't even feel it. I'm surprised with all the damage to your skin, that you can feel anything at all. What about those scars? Ruby asked, pointing to some laceration on Jean's pecs. It looked like two sets of four, curved inwards and slowly dripping blood. Those haven't even been bandaged. Um, they are. Jean winced. Somewhat more recent. The fox faunus coughed awkwardly. It took Weiss approximately 2.4 seconds to realize what that meant and another 2.4 to forcibly purge the image from her mind. Yeah, moving on. Jean pushed on, face a little red. What's with all the long faces? You're acting like it died or something. You nearly did. You would have, if not for Torchwick retreating. Yet you're acting like it doesn't even matter. Like this is nothing more than a minor inconvenience. Blake said... She was more verbose than usual, though Weiss knew why. She could hear the anger in Blake's voice, anger that belled both concern and guilt. Blake blamed herself for it, and in some small way, she was right to, wasn't she? Look, (laughs) I'm fine. Jean pushed himself into a sitting position. He only got halfway before Ruby and Yang were on either side of him, helping him up. He looked at them strangely. And Weiss felt a stab of irritation at that. Did he think he was impressing them or something? That this act somehow made him appear strong or tough? He is fine to be released today. I will feel better if his team ensured he did not push himself unduly. That won't be an issue. The double meaning of Weiss's words would have been amusing in any other situation. The idea of Jean pushing himself was laughable enough. But right now... They would not have allowed him to for whatever reason. Jeanne groaned when he saw the serious looks on their faces, like he had the right to, like he could look at them as they though were the ones being dramatic. Then, he is all yours. The woman stepped back, letting Jeanne push the covers aside and ease his feet onto the floor. He still wore jeans to their relief, but his upper torso was a mismatch of bandages and goos. Jean reached for his uniform jacket only for Yang to snatch it first and hold it behind him, arms wide. <sighs> Yang. I'm not a child. You'll stress yourself. Yang's eyes were firm and after a moment to roll his eyes, Jean held his arms back, letting her shift it onto him. Buttoned up, it looked like he wore a dirty white shirt underneath. You couldn't tell it was bandages unless she got closer. When do these come off? Jean picked at one. Though he soon gave up when Ruby slapped his hand away. In a day or two, you'll need to come back tonight to have them changed. Weiss made a mental note of that, if only because she was sure Jeanne would not. For now, I would advise you to get some food, rest, and stay away from any strenuous exercise. You should be recovered by the end of the week, though I advise using the week's holiday to rest as well, just in case. Hmm, no danger there. He muttered, clapping his hands together and making for the door. I'm starved. Let's... He paused, sighed and looked to either side of him. Yang was on his right, one hand under his arm as she supported him. Nora was on his left, in much the same position. Guys, I appreciate the gesture, but I can walk. (sighs) Why sighed? She could already tell it was going to be a long day. Jean sighed. This was shaping up to be a long day. Bad enough that the extent of his injuries had been read out in front of his team, but then they'd gone and completely overreacted to the damage, dedicating themselves to look after him. At any other time, he'd have been thrilled to have a bunch of beautiful women and Ren looking after him. It was every man's dream, and for what Ren lacked in the breast department... He more than made up for in his fruit smoothies. But this. This wasn't what he had in mind. That's all you're eating. Jean glanced to the left, wondering why Weiss even bothered to phrase that as a question when he knew full well she wouldn't accept his answer. Her blue eyes stared down at the pieces of meat still strewn about his plate, of which he'd picked about and eaten his fill a few minutes earlier. He'd never eaten much at the best of times, But after so long living each day like his last, his portion sizes had shrunk noticeably. People didn't just eat because they were hungry, but because food tasted good, felt good. People enjoyed eating. Jean had long since gone beyond that, having lived more than an average lifespan long ago. To him, food was just that, fuel that was used to top up an empty tank, and only as much as he needed to stop himself from feeling the pangs. I honestly can't eat anymore. He said honestly, pushing the plate away. Seven faces stared at him, their eyes narrowed onto his. He wasn't sure who pushed it back, but their expressions made it clear he wouldn't be able to leave without finishing off the plate. You already don't eat enough. Why snapped? And not healthily, either. Unless you've forgotten you spent the last few days unconscious? In what was almost certainly a coma? You NEED to eat. I don't need to eat. I think I know my body better than you do. Clearly not. What did she mean by that? Well, whatever she meant. She was wrong. After living those same days over and over, Jean had a level of understanding of his limits far beyond what most did. He knew exactly how far his body could be pushed. Not only until it collapsed from exhaustion, but how far it could go before it died entirely. Something like this, the injuries that Roman had given him, they paled in comparison to that. His breathing, it hurt, yes, and taking rapid breaths was frustrating, but the pain was a reminder that he was alive. The burns that itched and ached across his body weren't easily ignored, as did the fact that moving his left arm sent pain racking up towards his shoulder. It just wasn't worth worrying about. Why couldn't they understand that? So, what have you all been up to while I was having a nap? Jean asked, more in an effort to distract them because he cared. He didn't fool Weiss. He could tell from how her eyes narrowed. Nor was Blake amused by his attempt to change the subject, but they both sighed and looked away. "Mm, just lessons. Yang shrugged, crossing her arms and refusing to look away from his plate. There's no combat classes for the last week, apparently so it's been Oblac and Port over and over and over and over. I saved your homework for you. Why said? I even asked the teachers if they would be willing to let you do it over the break and grade you after. For the record. Dr. Obleck was impressed with your dedication. Ugh. Why? Jean cringed. Because he was going to waive it for you, I would assume. Why shrugged, not at all understanding what he had meant. Naturally, your education is still important, however, I will expect you to have it ready for me to check on the first day of exams. <laughs> fat chance of that. But I nodded anyway. Easy to deal with her anger later than to revoke it now. He would need to make sure Sapphire didn't see it, since her eyes would narrow and she would instantly force it upon him. The reminder of his family made him wince, something which had Ruby taking a step towards him in worry. I'm fine. I'm fine. He waved one hand, sighing in his head when she clearly didn't believe him. In truth, nothing hurt, except of the reminder that his family didn't know that his plan had failed. He would have to tell them, when he could think of a way to break the news, anyway. There was always the next semester which he could try and get expelled from, but they were coming to Vale with the full expectation that he was going to go home with them afterwards. Just thinking about what happened... Speaking of... Yang settled down opposite him, the others crowding in close. You ready to tell us what happened? Hmm... Huh? Jean looked over their faces. Hadn't Blake told them? Had they not been there for the end of it? It's pretty much whatever Blake told you. Not much was different from my end. (sighs) Not that. Weiss sighed heavily. I think how she meant how you knew about Blake in the first place. How did you know she was at the docks? And how were you able to hijack a pilot and a bullhead? And how were you able to fight Roman Torquich and a group of white fang soldiers? They all asked many questions. Shit. There was really no other word to use. His team, not to mention Ruby's team, watched him with clear interest. No doubt having waited on the question for a few days now. He wrecked his mind for anything he could use to explain away his actions. It came up blank. A hysterical part of him said he should claim amnesia, but it was probably a little late for that. I didn't really fight Torchwick. Jean went for the easiest of the questions, more so because it was the truth. His body still had the signs of it. The criminal's rather brutal beatdown, that was. A lot of his injuries were self-inflicted but only because the alternative would have been worse. Jean felt confident in saying he was more skilled than Roman. That didn't make up for the differences in strength, speed, and stamina. The White Fang grunts? Well... They can tell you how tough they were. But Torchwick kicked my ass. You still fought far better than you have in any of our training sessions. And even if the White Fang operatives were weak, there were more than enough of them to pose a problem to us. Even Sun didn't tear through them as easily as you did, Blake argued. Sun, Jean asked, if only because he knew he was supposed to. The monkey fonus that was injured along us, he recovered by the way. Jean nodded, even though he had already known. Sun was a tough cookie, even if the guy didn't realize it himself. Hmm, I don't know what to say. Jean shook his head, shrugging. They were going to kill me, so. I guess I just fought a little harder. It wasn't real swordplay. I just lashed out at anyone that came near. And if they knew how to fight, they might have been able to take me out a lot sooner. Doubtful. But he had said maybe. Jean's style had been perfected over centuries. The perfect amalgamation of his own technique, mixed with Pyrrhus and then with a dash of dirt thrown into it. In all honesty, it had been Roman who taught him the latter, since every time Jean fought him, the man would pull out a manner of nasty surprises. You could only be blindsided by a surprise attack a thousand times before you started to see the value in them. Adam wouldn't have been fooled, even if Jeanne had been fast enough to hit him at all. The way you fought, though. Blake didn't seem able to give it up, and Jeanne sighed as she bit her lip. You were so angry. I was being attacked. What do you want me to say? I was fighting for my life, I wasn't going to be casual about it, when there was so much on the line. Fighting for hers too, which had placed far more burden upon him. He could die at any moment, it didn't matter. But seeing her cut down and being forced to live on after, it would have been unacceptable. Blake opened her mouth to say something, but she didn't. She hesitated, looked at him and glanced away almost awkwardly. We'll do more tests next semester. Weiss said, and Jean didn't have to fake the groan that slipped from between his lips. The last thing he wanted was Weiss running experiments on him, especially when those would no doubt involve her stabbing him with her rapier to see how he reacted. I will make a hunter of you yet, Jean. Why does that sound like so much like a threat? Pira was never so cruel when she trained me. How you knew? Jean blinked as he caught the end of the question from his old partner. Pyrrha sighed when she realized he hadn't heard her. I asked if you'd let us know how you knew. About the docks. I mean. Oh, right. Uh, I heard about it on the radio. He said slowly, noticing Weiss's eyes narrow immediately. Not the radio, radio. The Bullhead Radio. It was connected to the Veil Network, The one they used to monitor where vehicles are and such? Weiss nodded to show she understood, and to his relief, the others seemed to accept that too. Once I was able to listen to that, it pretty much said that there were some unknown bullheads at the docks, and that the police had been alerted. I just took a risk from there and it turned out to be right. (sighs) You're an idiot. What if it had been something worse? Something worse than racist terrorists with stolen military aircraft? John felt like saying, except that it would only given them more ammunition, and in the end he just shrugged. It was easier to accept being seen as an idiot than to try and explain away his actions. But you said the dogs. Ruby whispered, her voice cutting through his calm like Kuroka Morse through the hide of a Beowulf. Everyone turned to look at her. When I talk to you, she said all innocence. You said Blake, then you said the docks, before you ran away. Thank you, Ruby. It's quite the hole you've dug me there. Trust her of all people to see through his lies, and worse, not have the understanding to make note and ask him in private, as opposed to incriminating him in front of everyone. There wasn't a person at the table who couldn't put two and two together, and John soon found himself under their glares once more. Most of them looked unimpressed. Like suspicious. Weiss looked like she was considering murder. I don't know how I knew. He said at last, knowing the answer wouldn't satisfy even if he had said it. Pyrrha sighed, while Yang leaned back and crossed her arms. He didn't need to look at his partner to feel her irritation. It was just a feeling, or instinct. I don't know how to explain it. How else can you explain it? <sighs> I wouldn't know. Why sighed? Since I'm not the one who somehow knew where she would be and how to reach her. You just... Knew. Did you? The scorn was thick with this one. But I nodded regardless. They were more than likely to accept that than they were in the news that he was a time traveller. Could it be a semblance? It was Pyrrho who came to his rescue, as she always had in the past. She looked at him now, not with friendship or scorn but rather a curious interest. What kind of semblance would give him that kind of knowledge? Why scoff? Seeing the future? Time travel? Ruby was eager to pipe up. Jean smirked. If we can stay within the realms of reality for a moment, it's possible that it could have been some undiscovered semblance or ability since you don't have one yet. Reaching time and space would be impossible, however. Detection. Hmm. Or tracking, perhaps. Blake guessed. It might explain how he knew where you were. Ren tilted his head to the side. The inner circles of semitons are rarely understood, but they often seem to affect either yourself or the world immediately around you. It's possible that Jean was able to sense your distress, or maybe identify where you were. It's all just a theory until we know more, that is. If you believe that it is what it is, Pyrrha looked at him, asking if he thought they might be on the right track. They weren't, of course, but it was the closest they could get. It would also be his escape to the current interrogation, and maybe even an excuse he could use in the future. Hmm. It might be. I can't tell. I've never known my semblance. He said, trying to sound as uncertain as possible. They all sighed. It seemed they were disappointed with the answer, even if they all accepted it. The only other excuses were worse, however, since they would have painted him as a person who had some kind of dark and dirty past. Perhaps even ex-White Fang or an old goon of Torchwick's. It would have been an easy enough thing to claim, and he was fairly sure they would have accepted him as they had Blake, but at the same time he didn't want to run the risk of his apparent criminal past affecting his family. Hmm. What about the bullhead? Nora finally asked, and Jean smiled at what was a rather easy question. I had lessons when I was younger. I know a little about piloting. Hmm, enough to shoot down other aircraft? Ruby didn't sound suspicious. Instead, she sounded enthused. He had the distant impression she was going to ask him where she could sign up for such lessons. <laughs> Not like that. He laughed instead smiling as her expression fell. I mean, I learned how to pilot a normal one, but even then only to an amateur level. He looked to Blake, nodding in her direction. Again, if you recall, I only did well enough to shoot one down before I was knocked out of the sky. They didn't see me coming. Even an idiot can click a big red button in the direction of a stationary target. If they knew how to hack into the computer enough to bring up said systems without authorization, and enough to disengage the auto-targeting system and safety measures, he didn't add that. As for starting the whole thing up? One of the pilots was sat right by it. I just took his keycard to start it, taking off as easy as it's flying. It's landing which is hard, and well, <laughs> you saw my landing. Heh, <laughs> I think all of Vale saw your landing. Yang grinned. Referring to the fires that had spread from it. Nice touch, by the way. I suppose your career as a bullhead pilot crashed and burned through, eh? Eh? Yang frowned as everyone booed her at her awful pun. So, the interrogation's over, then. Jean asked, breathing a sigh of relief. Weiss continued to stare at him, as did Blake, but neither seemed to have any questions left. Lucky I managed to convince them of this much anyway. He sighed in relief. And what was better? They all forgotten about the half-eaten food on his plate. Jeanne was lying. Blake knew that. There were too many holes in his story. Too many discrepancies. She was fairly sure everyone else had noticed too. But they had all decided that like her, they wouldn't push the issue. As the day passed and they finally returned to their room... The curiosity building up inside Blake had already reached bursting point. She wished she could force those answers out of him. ask how he'd known and why he had come. But she promised him that she wouldn't, hadn't she? And so, with a great sigh, Blake Belladonna swallowed her suspicions, locking them away where they would hopefully not bother her. He had lied, and she was content in knowing that. It did not make him a bad person. She lied all the time. It just meant that he did not wish to reveal his past. And in some strangely comforting way, that he did not wish to tell them that it was none of their business either. Like Ruby said, time and time again, he did care. He just showed it in strange ways. Like risking his life to protect hers. Like stealing a bullhead and flying it across a veil. Or engaging trained pilots in aerial combat. Struggling on the ground against an infamous criminal. For igniting the dust around them with not a hint of hesitation. Golden eyes drifted shut, trying to forget that terrifying scene. She hadn't even realized how she had screamed his name at that time, voice hoarse, filled with anguish. She really thought he had died right there, giving his life just like that, with not a hint of fear. She had seen hardened white fang veterans of less conviction. Seeing it in someone her own age was frightening, But this time, unlike before, she felt confident in saying it was not aimed at her. But how? And why? The question burned in her mind. What had he been through to create such drive, such casual discard for his own life? Even now, she watched him, as he struggled out of his jacket, revealing fresh, new bandages. Why strode forward? berating him for playing with them as Zhang offered to help him put on the flannel tea he slept in, her arms holding the head open like one might to a small child. His arms were crossed, his body language saying he clearly didn't appreciate the gesture or the compassion. Weiss well, seemed frustrated at that, shouting something about how he perceived Macho was neither needed nor wanted. Blake didn't think that was the case. She watched as he sighed and held up his arms. She could see his bandages bench and stretch in what must have been a painful motion, yet his face didn't so much as twitch. You're as troubling as ever, she sighed, an enigma that haunted her one moment, then made her feel worried the next. She owed him her life, the least she could do in return was keep his secret and not call him out on his lies, but it felt too little. She would have helped him if she fought for even a second that he might ask. But he was not a man who relied on others, she could tell. Ironic then, that he criticized her so, shouting at her foolishness for going in alone when he had done the same. He had been right, she knew that, but that didn't make him right to have done the same. I don't know what to do, the girl thought to herself, laying back on her bed.